Next on BYU Sports Nation, the Gonzaga Goliath awaits BYU basketball yet again. What's a realistic goal for the Cougars against the number one Zags? The BYU and Utah football season opener is two days closer. Plus, BYU football All-American Matt Bushman joins us in studio. What made him decide to forego the NFL for now and stay for his senior season? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. This is how we do it on a Friday. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is January 17th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the captain of the Colby Leavers, Jerem Jordan. No Yoli Childs means that Colby Lee can develop. And last night he had a career-high 21 points. That was awesome. In fact, uh, the Rock, the student section for BYU, that showed up and did a really nice job last night, they had some uh, nice chance for Colby Lee last night. It sounded like this. Like, just, just, you can see that he just enjoys setting his teammates up. Like, right here. Lee! He is, he is on fire. He's having the game of his life. Assist to Toulson and Colby Lee. Hey, I've got all these shots around the rim and free throws. How about I get my 21st point knocking down a three? Eight for eight, 21 points for Lee. Not bad. In Colby, fact, Colby. In fact, Mark Pope went into the postgame presser chanting, Colby, Colby. <laughs> he said, I bet you didn't think that was going to happen tonight. Yeah, he did it on the radio with Greg Rubel as well. That was the theme of the night. Colby, eight for eight, man. He didn't miss a shot. And of course, that three-pointer goes down. Third most makes without missing in BYU history. He's shooting like 60% from the three-point line, by the way. 50, 60, <laughs> yeah, what is it? Is he five for nine? So a little, a little under 60%? <laughs> He's 56% from It's incredible. Three. It's incredible. Both he and Yoli Childs combined. Uh, I think Yoli Childs is 8 for 12 and Colby Lee's 5 for 9. How about that? Hey, everyone can shoot a three on this team, you know? And it's clearly a credit to Chris Burgess. He's taking full responsibility for the uptick in three-point shooting with, Pope, Cody with Yoli Childs and Colby Lee. Chris Burgess, the BYU basketball assistant coach, is going to join us in Studio B to discuss why Big Idaho, yes, that's Colby Lee's nickname, has taken such a huge step this season. Also, Matt Bushman in Studio B. He'll tell us why he decided to come back for his senior season at BYU and forego the NFL for now. He had some buzz. This is a tough decision. Plus, our and one picks all specialized for the number one team in America, Gonzaga. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Colby Lee and BYU men's basketball beat San Diego 93-70. The Cougars are now 10-0 all-time against the Toreros in Provo. Colby, big Idaho Lee, again had his career high, 21 points. Now BYU turns their attention to the number one ranked team in all the land, Gonzaga tomorrow in Spokane, 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. Watch it live on ESPN2. Listen live on BYU Radio. BYU drops a spot to a 10 seed in Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology. The Cougars are a projected to play 7 seed Arizona in St. Louis. BYU 33 in net today. Gonzaga's fourth. BYU's third game versus a top four team in net this season. And they'll play at least uh, one more after tomorrow as well. And hopefully a third. In Provo. The Pac-12 announced schedules for all 12 football teams yesterday, and in the mix, we learned BYU and Utah will play on Thursday night primetime 
again. Mark your calendars. September 3rd, 2020, BYU in Utah at Rice-Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City. So how many days does that make it? The countdown to the Utes. Now, we're not doing this every day, right? No, we are not doing this every day. Okay, we'll do it later. It's 229. It's so far away. Yeah. Situationally, based on the news yesterday, today yeah, merits yeah, that. Okay, okay, of course. I'm not, yeah, I'm pushing forward. Today, I'm always leaning forward. Today merits a countdown for 229. Yes, it, yes, it does. Not every day. Jason yeah, Shepard, yeah. I hope you're listening. Yeah, not you every can day. You do that yourself on social media. <laughs> All right, let's keep the headlines rolling Rick with some Cougars. more football. Rick Cougars in the NFL are playing for a Super Bowl berth this weekend. Jamal Williams and the Green Bay Packers play Fred Warner and the Niners. Daniel Sorensen, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs host the Scary Titans. It is guaranteed to have a BYU Cougar in yeah. the Super Bowl once again. Maybe two. And on to some women's basketball. If you stayed up late, you were treated to a career high from Paisley Johnson and BYU women's basketball. They beat Pacific 76-66 in overtime. In Stockton, Johnson put up 31 points yeah. on 9 of 15 shooting. She also added five assists, a couple of rebounds, two steals, one block and a partridge in a pear tree. Paisley Johnson and BYU staying in that top tier of the West Coast Conference with another big road win. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Here we go again. BYU basketball taking on the number one ranked team in all the land. The Gonzaga Goliath awaits at the kennel in Spokane. They're number one. (sighs) Again. Gonzaga is in the golden age of Zag basketball right now. When are they not in the top five or not ranked number one? It feels like the majority of the time that's how it's been over the last five years. So that said, BYU is playing some good basketball, but it's another orbit for Gonzaga. So, Jerem, what's the realistic goal for BYU basketball in Spokane tomorrow night? I think play a competitive game without Yoli Childs. If BYU had Yoli Childs, we'd say, okay, go compete. Make it a single-digit game. Just see if it can't get weird. Okay. But, but without Yoli Childs, it's just, it's just a really tough ask. If I change the name of the team, does it change how you feel about it? Because I think most of BYU feels like, well, we've won this game before, so why can't we go do it again? And you're right. Maybe BYU goes up there and wins it. Chances are that BYU doesn't, right? ESPN's BPI says 14%. Um, but without Yoli Childs, it's going to be a tough ask. Um, BYU has struggled on the road this year, 1-3, and three, three overtime losses. If uh, the number two team in the country went into Gonzaga, they would be an underdog as well. Everybody, right? Not expected to win. And if I change the name of the opponent, and it's not Gonzaga, do you feel differently? If I said Duke, yeah, go beat Duke. No. Kansas, no. BYU already lost to Kansas, right? Because it's Gonzaga, we feel like BYU can match up and make it interesting. I still believe that BYU can make it interesting. The realistic goal, the, the team's goal is win. The realistic goal is don't be Santa Clara. Who lost by, what, 50 or something? 50 points. Fear's not losing by 50. But, like, don't get blown out by 25-plus or something. You know what I mean? Keep it within 15. Keep it interesting. Walk out. Come home. And then in Provo, let's see if BYU can't shock the world and pull off the Okay, so competitive in your mind... Because at first like you were leaning 15. towards single digits, but now but it's 15. Okay, well, with Yoli Childs, I would say single digits. Single digits with Yoli Childs. I would Childs. say stay within 15. Okay. Yeah. The realistic goal for BYU should end uh, forever be only one thing, and that is to win. Yeah, that, for BYU. That, that's the what about team, for us? That's the team what about goal. For you? 
Now, the, the goal is a different thing. Goal is to win. Expectation is different than goal, right? So the expectation for me is that BYU will keep it within 12 points. BYU hasn't really been blown out this year. Kansas has been the closest thing, yeah. and BYU didn't have Yoli Childs in that game. That was at a neutral site. This Just is assume that Yoli Childs didn't play in any of the games, and it's a pretty safe assumption. It's crazy <laughs> that he's only played in seven games. Yeah. Only seven games, and yet here we are with BYU as, uh, for now, in the NCAA tournament as the number 10 seed, according to Joe Lenardi. Santa Clara loses by 50 I like BYU's defense better than Santa Clara's defense. Yeah. I watched a little bit of the like Gonzaga game last night. everything about BYU better than Santa Clara. Yeah. Everything. BYU's toughness, their tenacity, they, they play really, really intense defense. They'll cause some problems for Gonzaga. It's not going to be a blowout. Um, the goal for BYU should be to win. The expectation for me is that BYU will be within 12 points tomorrow. They'll keep it competitive. It'll be a fun, I think, exciting game. And that takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Our college basketball stats guru, Ken Pomeroy, has Gonzaga as a nine-point favorite against BYU and gives the Cougars currently a 23% chance to win the game at the Kennel. Yeah, BPI says 14%, so a little less. Yeah, no, it's going to be tough for BYU to win this game. It would be tough for anyone to win this game. Anybody, let alone top 35 BYU. There is definitely a gap between Gonzaga and the rest of the league. We're going to see how wide it is tomorrow. If you don't know Corey Kispert and Philip Petrushev, then you'll know them tomorrow. Gonzaga is loaded with talent led by those two. Yeah, they're good. Uh, and they've, they've added other guys that it's like, oh, Ayayi and uh, Gilder and Woolridge, and it's like, who are you? And why are you so good? <laughs> why, why do you what? average 14 points and shoot 65%? Okay, Gonzaga, by the way, has six dudes that average double figures and a seventh that averages 9.2. That's unbelievable. Only team in the country with them. Okay, topic two. What if? What if? <laughs> BYU does beat Gonzaga. Where, hand me the blue goggles. Let's you need that. No, you need Yeah, that's right. Blue goggles alert. Blue goggles alert. What if? Blue goggle alert. BYU beats Gonzaga. Okay, first and foremost, then BYU starts to believe they have a real chance to win the West Coast Conference Championship. Regular attorney, what are you talking Regular about? season. Mm. BYU starts to believe they have a real shot to win the regular season championship in the West Coast Conference if they beat Gonzaga in Spokane, which is crazy, right? Half the battle of these goggles is that when you say something, you can't be taken seriously with these goggles on. <laughs> it's true. You know what I mean? But I feel like I need them on to even think about this. To even... Go there mentally. And I know that BYU has won in Spokane three times, and they did it against number three Gonzaga the first time. You shaved your head mm-hmm. for crying out loud. Then they Someone did it against. me last night, you're going to do it? And I'm like, no, I learned my lesson. Number 25 Gonzaga no. the next no. year when Nate Austin blocked a shot. And then they did it against the undefeated and number one ranked Zags on senior night with a BYU team that didn't go to the big dance. So I, I know that they're, the dance. they're capable. But last year, BYU got blown out in Spokane. So do the three wins matter for this game? No. As much as I'd like to say they do, they don't matter. What do you mean they don't matter? Well, it doesn't affect this game. Like, I, I feel like the, the hex is over now that Gonzaga kind of exercised that last year I believe in there's a believability that victory. Yeah. Like, TJ Hawes was a freshman when BYU beat the number one Zags. So it's been three years, right? And he's one of just a couple that I think that are no. still around. I'm trying to think if anyone else was on that. Yoli was on that. Charles yeah. was on that team. 
What yeah. if, Jim, they'd be a top 25 team for sure. BYU would be ranked, I think, if BYU beats Gonzaga. It could be ranked, yeah. I, I think it'd be the most improbable win BYU would have had since the last one against Gonzaga. Right? Do you need these? Uh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> BYU makes national news. Uh, the number one team in college basketball would have lost like a bunch, right, the last several weeks besides Gonzaga. Yeah, the conference title race, I agree with you. The conference title race, all of a sudden, BYU goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Could we win the league? Like, if we can beat Gonzaga, we can do this. That would be the high, though. What we are prone to do, us and the fan base, is think that the average is the high or vice versa. It's like, wait, that's not, that's the pinnacle moment. That's not who you are every game, right? And who we've seen BYU be every game is a top 35 team. I don't need goggles for that point. No, you don't. Uh, People consider BYU just outside the top 25, right? It's somewhere in the 25 to 35 range. So if BYU wins this, all of a sudden, bang, let's go. Uh, BYU's top 20 in, in top 25 in some metrics, right? Ken Palm and BPI, BYU's top uh, in the 20s. BYU would be ranked cool. for the first time since Jimmer Fredette in a major national poll, right? I can't recall a time BYU basketball yeah, has been ranked since been 2011. In. They would be ranked if they beat Gonzaga have this belief they can win the conference championship. And, Jerem, don't you feel like they would assure themselves at least a top-two finish in the West Coast Conference if they did this? Likely, yeah. We haven't seen BYU go out on the road in league to win some of these kind of weird games on a Thursday night in Stockton. We're going to see that next week, right? I would want to see some of that. I believe BYU is less prone to be the team they have been the last several years of, and not last year, but except the WCC quarterfinal, where BYU, with these seniors and the sense of urgency and a new head coach, they are less prone to these weird losses, in my opinion. BYU basketball has a huge challenge, no doubt about it, when they take on Gonzaga. BYU football has a huge challenge when they go on the road and take on the University of Utah on September 3rd, another Thursday night primetime spotlight to kick off the college football season for both the Cougars and the Utes. Jerem, what do you think of the BYU-Utah football game being moved up again two days earlier to Thursday night. Oh, I love it. I, I love it. I, I love the attention that BYU is going to get. Now, the question is, will, will this be on Fox or FS1, or is it going to be an ESPN game? We're going to find out because the Pac-12 has a couple of options there. We don't know time and, and TV quite yet, but, yeah, Thursday is great. Selfishly, love Thursday. That means Saturday I can actually watch games instead of working for, like, 12 hours and not being able to engage in all this. So as a college football fan, I'm stoked. I think it's great. It's the off season as well. It's not like we're on Thursday night. We're going to be engaged no matter what uh, with BYU football, even if it was Saturday. So move it up. Fantastic. Yes. Start the season earlier. Two days Started less tomorrow. in the countdown. Started tomorrow. It would have been two thirty one today, but it's two twenty nine because we doing it's a it. Thursday night. So we didn't have to like reset it or anything. Strangely, I like this because BYU now has nine days to prepare for a home game against Michigan State, and they don't yeah. have to leave the state to open up the season. So BYU will be in the state for the first two games, and they have nine days now to prepare for Michigan State. I like that. Yeah, that's great. You like that. Give them extra time. It's fun. The, the increased national spotlight is, is always entertaining. It, the game will be talk, talked about. It'll be like one of the uh, top five most interesting games to kick off the college football season. Like It'll be one of the premier matchups to open up 2020. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, BYU's coming off 7-6. We're not that interesting at the moment. But Utah, kind of, who are they and what are they? They're not going to be preseason top 25, I don't think. Too many, too many uh, losses. The battery plus 10 returning starters on, uh, yeah. 
on defense. So that's going to be hard. And I, how will this affect expectations that Utah is not the team that they were coming back for BYU fans because I'll, Utah I'll you, still won nine in a row? I'll, I'll tell you what happened. We're going to think that BYU is going to be able to win the game. <laughs> we're going to we're going to psych ourselves up, and then hopefully that pays off and BYU wins. But you said you're numb now. I'm you're n- numb. I'm currently numb. Yeah, I <laughs> no. I like I want BYU to win the game. Obviously, BYU pays the bills. BYU crazy bias here, right? But uh, hopefully BYU. <laughs> can go in there and do something they haven't done. They haven't done. And and the street needs in. And blah, 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 blah. Yeah. just get it done. I'm tired of talking about it. Michigan knows how BYU, BYU feels when they consider their own rivalry against Ohio State. Yeah. Now, if now if Utah was like going to the playoff and winning the national championship every couple of years, it feels different, right? Um, but BYU just wants to win a game. And Utah hasn't done anything that matters in the last <sighs> nine years in the Pac-12, right? Good for them. Like, they're in a better spot. I'm super jealous. I wish BYU was in the Pac-12. I wish BYU could beat Utah in football. That'd be nice. We all hope that BYU wins that game on September 3rd within BYU Sports Nation. We all hope that BYU basketball can shock the nation tomorrow in college basketball and beat Gonzaga. Our question of the day, what's the realistic goal for BYU basketball in Spokane tomorrow night? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At C-O-T underscore BYU football answers a basketball question on Twitter. Close game. I wouldn't be surprised if we, BYU, don't win, but I think it will be close. I mean, it's BYU's home away from home, right? There's a chance. Yeah, the, the, the uh, BYU-Spokane branch was up there for a couple of years. Now, we'll bring this up in our next segment with Chris Burgess, but Utah Valley went in there a couple of years ago, and they played a competitive game. Utah Valley went into Duke and played a competitive game as well. No, it was Kentucky the night before, right? Yeah, Kentucky, right? yeah. And let's then not, played at Duke. Let's not talk about the Duke night. But the Kentucky night, they were in it, man. They were in it. They got a knack. Yeah, they so knack. Mark, Mark Pope has, has won some big games on the road, right? And this year with this team. Okay, coming up, Matt Bushman on returning for his senior season. And the aforementioned Chris Burgess. Speaking of Duke, he played there. He knows what it's all about to be in a big-time college basketball environment. How has that experience shaped how he prepares his team for Gonzaga? This is BYU Sports Nation. One of my favorite former years. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Hoops at number one Gonzaga tomorrow night. Listen to pregame on BYU Radio 9 Eastern. The game's at 10 Eastern as well. We're live in Studio B on a Friday. This is how we do it. Your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. And as promised, we now welcome in BYU basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess, who head coach Mark Pope largely credited with the development and the huge step forward for big Idaho Colby Lee. Chris, what have you been doing with Colby Lee to make him shoot 8-for-8 and score a career-high 21 points? Jesus died. Um, First of all, people got to know about Colby. He's got an unbelievable touch. From the day I walked in, it was already there. There's a reason why he was, you know, a big-time player at Idaho and recruited heavily. The kid's got an unbelievable touch. It was just kind of figuring out where he could be successful and then him not getting bored with being successful with these little simple things. Mm. And so those little quick shots that he does, those things around the rim, he works really hard. I mean, he shoots thousands of them a day. And those are not – like it, he makes them look really easy. 
Well, that's the credit to him working and putting the work and getting up shots every single day and being comfortable with simplicity. Like, it's the truth. Like, and so, and he's got a ton of confidence. Coach Pope and our offense put him in simple, uh, good situations where he just catches and he finishes. Like, right, he's only a couple times a game or a week he might create a shot, but he knows when he gets an offensive rebound, he's going to get to his right hook. He knows he's going to be patient. When he's got the ball around the restricted area or in the paint, he knows he's going to go up quick and finish shots. And so, you know, we try to put him in uh, situations where he's good, and that dude works really hard on a shot. How long did it take, uh, since you're a new staff and he, he played, you know, a little bit last year, to convince him, listen, this may be simple and it may be a little boring, but guess what? It's going to work. Trust us. Yeah, it took, it took a little bit, and what we did was – First of all, we worked on it, and then I took a ton of film from the other players that I've coached in the past and success they had and also looked at their numbers analytically and the improvement they had with shooting the shot and being comfortable. <clears throat> the other thing we did was we showed uh, Jokic, Denver Nuggets. And, you know, oh, he's got Nicole that little Jokic, quick yeah. shot. He's got that little quick shot around the rim, and he keeps it really simple. You can't guard him. The other one we showed was Mark Gasol and how these guys are successful in a league where they're pretty grounded. They're not the greatest athletes if you compare it to NBA players, but how are they getting these shots off? Right? And so when you, you back that up with kind of the numbers with the coaches we've got, sorry, the players that we've coached, and then the NBA guys and su- success they had, especially in a time when we came in as a staff, and it was during the Raptors winning the championship, and Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka were shooting that shot. Kobe bought in, and Dalton bought in, and even you know Zach bought in, and Yoli already had that really good touch, and they all kind of bought into that shot, and they just they, they mm-hmm. love it, right? And so their their instinctual stuff's got to take over at times where they're just going to go up and dunk it. For example, Gav, right? Like we want to develop that quick shot, but Gav can play three feet above the rim, where we also want him to just rip down, rip down that, rip down that rim. So yeah. there's 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 a you know each kid's a little bit different, got to coach him a little different, but he he's he bought in, and Kobe's the most coachable guy, one of the most coachable guys as all of our guys are, and so it's it's fun to see him have success because he kind of runs down that floor just with that big old smile <laughs> and um it's, awesome. it's fun right and he's such he's such a good kid and, and all of our, all of our guys are but the you know there's a picture on social media where richard harward one of our red shirts who just goes at colby every day in practice i mean goes at him physically verbally all, and colby's having success because the games are a bit easier and then there's a picture on social media where richard's hugging uh colby and it's just, as a coach, it's, you know, it warms your heart a little bit. That's awesome. Well, speaking of warming your heart, what's going through your mind when you hear chants of Colby, Colby, <laughs> last night from The Rock? I'm so happy for him. And it's awesome that we have such a good fan base that recognize what he's doing, right? You know, you lose Yoli for a few more games, and this kid just takes advantage of every opportunity. It's recognized, right? Like, not all fans understand that the pressure it is to kind of replace really. Kobe doesn't think like that. Kobe's just like, hey, I'm on the court, and I'm going to be me, and I'm going to function in this offense, and I'm going to do the best I can on the glass. And for the fans to recognize that, it, it's it's awesome. Okay, 23-point win against San Diego. You guys quickly turned your attention as soon as the game ended to Gonzaga, number one in the country. Yeah. Uh, and I mentioned you guys went up there a couple of years with Utah Valley, gave them a tough time. You guys have played at Kentucky and at Duke as a staff. You've been there in this situation. There are players on this team that have beaten Gonzaga when they were number one. So I guess what's the uh, what are the thoughts on playing at Gonzaga tomorrow? We know it's a hostile environment. Our guys have been there before. I mean, Houston was loud, and obviously at the at Utah was loud, and you know Boise was pretty loud. And, and listen, this is the number one team in the country, and we feel like we're a really good team. You know, we, we we feel like we can go on the road and we can play with anyone if we if we compete, believe rebound this ball, get back in transition, all the things that the Zags are really good at. 
And so we look at it as an opportunity um, to go in and, and beat a really good team and compete for this WCC regular season championship. <laughs> we know they're really good. But we think we are. We think we can score on anybody in the country. You know, for us, it's more of continued executing offensively, shooting open shots, making threes. Um, but it's also defensively the things I kind of talked about. Can we get back in transition? Can we stay, like, for 40 minutes? Right? You might guard them for eight minutes in transition, all of a sudden, boom, 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 there's three plays where they're going to get those easy buckets and the crowd gets really, really loud. Can we sustain that um, and continue to get back in defense? Can we guard these posts on the block? Can we keep Kispert from getting open shots? Right? Can we rebound this basketball and run? Like, we want to run. Let us run. Right? Can they guard us in transition? They're going to play with two bigs? Okay, guard our spread, the way we spread the floor. And so, we, you know, we're excited for the opportunity. Listen, you get, how many times do you get to play the number one team in the country on the road, you know, and, and it, you look at it, right, I think Joe Lenardi has this as an eight or nine seed, and they're a one seed. Let's go, right? This is an NCAA tournament type thing. Let's go. Like, we're fired, we're is, fired up. This is a second-round kind of game. Yeah, the NCAA tournament. that's yeah. right. So we're, 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 fi- we're fired up for that, and our guys are looking forward to it. But at the same time, like, we don't want to make the game bigger than it is. When you do that, sometimes you come out on the wrong end. Like, you got to treat the, the, the game plan and the scout the same way. Follow it. Right? Of course, there's going to be adrenaline a little bit more. You know, there's going to be nerves a little bit more with their, their crowd yelling and cheering you or, you know, booing you and things like that. And this is what this is why you play. This is why you come to BYU. This is why, as a coach, I wanted to come here. Right? You want to be in these atmospheres and these situations. How does this How does this team handle the idea of no one thinks we can go win this game? Do they Do they <laughs> feed off that or they don't care? How does this team? I can tell yeah. you that their head coach feeds off that. <laughs> <laughs> tell us, I mean, he always talks about tell us what we can't do. We're gonna go do it. Right, and it's just it's just the mentality we had. You know, we, we, you guys talked about Kentucky and you know going to Gonzaga a few years ago. Like we're upset. Like honestly, it's like we we're not about moral victories and keeping it like Utah Valley shooting beat, almost beat Kentucky. Like coach is not about that. You don't win national championship playing the league for nine years if you have that mentality. You, you're upset. How do we get better? How do we win the next game? So we're going in there to win. Like and if and if honestly, if anybody has doubt on our team, don't jump on that plane today. Seriously, stay here in Provo because we're taking dudes who want to go in there and win. Chris Burgess with us on BYU Sports Nation. Do you not feel the added adrenaline right now? Are you, <laughs> yeah. ready, you ready to go? Does no, the, I've, does I've, the belief... I've seen BYU beat Gonzaga there. Like I've, right. I've felt it. Yeah, it was awesome. And yeah. we, in retrospect, have all seen what the effects of beating Gonzaga in Spokane can do to Jeremy. So he shaved his head. I don't know if you knew. I said I'd shave. That... <laughs> so earlier that year, I said, I said BYU's not going to win up there. That's too tough. If they do, I'll shave my head. Yeah. And when it was the, the first win up there, I shaved my head. That is awesome. On Monday. That is awesome. Man, my word, Chris. Let's do it. we got to get something else actually, going. we got to get something else going. I actually took a pick with Mark in Vegas with really? a shaved head because we, we had the same haircut. Yeah. I like it. That's, That's really cool. Uh, well, I think cool. I think we might have a picture of uh, Jerem's <laughs> non hair. Yeah, somewhere. I don't think you have the one with Mark, but uh, they awesome. have one apparently. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, they're well, working on we'll it. Show that to you in just a second, <laughs> uh, Coach. When you look at a, a Gonzaga from a matchup perspective, what's the toughest matchup for your team uh, by position? You know, they're pretty big. You know, even their their fours and fives are both, you know, what is it, seven feet and six eleven. And with Yoli out, you know, in terms of bodies, you know, that's just one less post player. Um, so we're really concentrated and focused on defending these guys because they don't really run into these hard actions. They just they just work really hard to get a post and they just throw it in there, right? And so, we're, you know, we know that we, you know, 
there's got, we we got to have some sort of plan or some sort of adjustment when they're doing that if if, if they start scoring a couple of baskets. So the the post position in terms of just bodies, right? Right now we have three guys you can play that five, um, where where you know that would that would be the one position I would say, but doesn't mean they. I mean again they got to guard us. They they have to guard us. So we're excited about that. Okay, as promised. We have the picture of Jerem Jordan post Gonzaga. Uh, we've got we've got one on Jerem's computer. Here's, here's Pope with Jerem, and uh, yeah. So that was oh mid, no way. That was mid shave. That was mid shave. You should have left it like that. That was last of the Mohicans kind of deal. Yeah, this is this is this is me with Mark in Vegas. Oh, is, Jerem, that's the look. That was good times. Yeah. And then here's uh, here's, here's Jerem with Coach Pope. Here's me with Mark. Uh, A couple in Vegas. of handsome yeah. dudes right there. How man. hard was it to shave? Uh, well, mentally, the sh- mentally, uh, no, I, I, I was so happy BYU won. There you go. I was like, you know what? Slash, I didn't have to do my hair. Man, anymore. Word, great. I like it. It was great. I changed my hairstyle after that. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, great to have you, man. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation As karma much as we can give. For the road trip yeah, to Gonzaga. Great trip. We appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you guys having me on. Okay, awesome. Coming up, Matt Bushman's back. Does he like the Utah game moving up two days? And BYU Athletics had quite the fall season. Where did they end up in the final fall standings of the Director's Cup? This is BYU Sports Nation. Listen to BYU Sports Nation On Demand on iTunes, TuneIn, or Google Play, and enjoy On Demand and subscribe, rate, and review. It's time to keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. It is a Friday. It is the game day eve for BYU at number one Gonzaga. We just talked to Chris Burgess. Outstanding conversation. What's the number one concern for BYU from a matchup perspective? And why is Colby Lee taking so many steps forward? Download the podcast to hear that conversation and more. In the meantime, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. Brigham beat San Diego 93-70 thanks to a career-high 21 points from Big Idaho Colby Lee. After the game, Mark Pope announced Trevin Nell broke his thumb in shoot-around yesterday and will be out three weeks. Cougars play at number one Gonzaga tomorrow night. ESPN2, BYU Radio, 10 Eastern. Football. The Pac-12 has announced schedules for all 12 football teams yesterday. Why are we talking about that? Because in the mix, we learned BYU and Utah We'll play on Thursday night primetime, September 3rd of 2020, to kick off their respective college football seasons. Mark your calendars, September 3rd. Get out your Franklin planners. Six BYU football players are playing in January postseason all-star games, including Diane Gunwoliko and Austin Lee in the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl and the East-West Shrine Game, respectively. Cougars in the NFL. Jamal J. Swag Daddy Williams and the Green Bay Packers will visit Fred Warner and the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday in the NFC title game. Daniel Sorensen and his head coach, former Cougar Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Tennessee Titans. They'll host that at Arrowhead on Sunday in the AFC title game. Wouldn't that be fun to see Chiefs? And then whoever's representing BYU out of the NFC in the Super Bowl. I'm about Andy Reid getting that Super Bowl. Yeah, baby. Not the appearance, the win. Let's go, Andy. Volleyball. Number two BYU is in North Carolina. Hi, Dad. To play a pair at Mount Olive today and tomorrow. Cougars are the only team in the country with four ranked wins. Gymnastics. BYU Gymnastics has a ranked win against then number 15 Nebraska. The Cougars, now ranked 15th themselves, will host number 5 UCLA and in-state foe Utah State tomorrow, 6 p.m. Mountain, live on BYU TV. Athletics News. The fall sports crushed it at BYU, finishing 5th in the Director's Cup rankings, tying the highest fall finish ever. 
The Director's Cup is a compilation of all the NCAA-sanctioned sports. Notably, BYU won the Men's Cross-Country National Championship, took second in women's, and went to the Elite Eight in women's soccer. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair currently tied for first in the American Express in La Quinta, California, at eight under par. Blair made eight birdies and no bogeys in his opening round. Tony Finau, honorary Coug, tied at 49th at three under par. Jerem? Coming up, and one picks. Did we get all four picks? <laughs> we can come out of the golf voice now, right? Why? <laughs> Plus, Matt Bushman, why did the Cougar senior? No, we'll be loud now. Why'd the Cougar senior decide to come back for his senior season and forego NFL play for now? This is BYU Sports Nation. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow night, number 15, BYU Gymnastics hosts fifth-ranked UCLA. How about that? And Utah State. Oh, by the way. 8 Eastern on BYU TV. Hey, I'll take a top 15 matchup on uh, the gymnastics floor. I'll also take a guy coming back to BYU for his senior year to help out BYU football. In fact, he's one of two big reasons that most of you are enjoying a very happy new year as BYU football fans. Matt Bushman with us in Studio B. Matt, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me. All right, tell us about the number one deciding factor in your choice to return for a senior year instead of pursue the NFL. Um, I feel like there wasn't necessarily like one huge deciding factor for me. It was kind of, I mean, I like my wife and I were back and forth a lot of the time, like, okay, I think we're going. And then the next day, okay, wait, maybe we should be, maybe we should stick it out. It was just back and forth. It was really hard to, to figure out what to do. And, um, for us, it was more just like a win-win either way, um, if I went for it, it'd be great. I think I would have been able to have a shot and succeed in the NFL. Just you never know what can happen. But I also was confident that, okay, I can fine-tune some things, get get better in this offseason, have a healthy offseason, and uh, overall just hopefully hopefully improve and improve that stock going coming into after playing next season. So just a bunch of small things, but... At the end of the day, it just felt better to to stick it out and finish my finish my career here. When did you come to this conclusion? Um, I talked with the coaches like uh, a little bit. Like our final little talk was in Hawaii, and yeah, we just kind of figured that it'd be best if I stayed and um, with some opportunities to not only me but just use our all of our players to just utilize us more to our strengths and. Um, that's what that's what hopefully we're going to do, and I think that can that can help our team succeed more. I know you have to be very careful in who you talk to and when you talk to them as you decide between school and going to the NFL. But what kind of feedback were you getting from personnel that matter at the next level? Yeah, I mean it was it's hard. Like sometimes you just wish it'd be more set in stone, like what your what your stock is, because people say, yeah, you have a shot to go. I mean, if you tested really well and had great numbers you could be who knows like a third or fourth rounder but other people are like well you just don't know how the draft goes if certain positions get drafted before the tight ends who knows you could go all the way six seven maybe even undrafted so it's just really if I would have left I would have just had to bet on myself and train really hard and just think that I could have put up some great numbers but yeah I mean at the end of the day it just who knows what's going to happen 
next year, but I'm just excited for another season with the team and um, just hopefully we can all improve. Who helped influence you the most in this uh, decision? Um, definitely, I mean, it was definitely just my wife and I. I mean, my parents, it's just, it's just cool to, for me, it's been a dream of mine to play professional sport. Like I grew up playing football, basketball, baseball, and I always just said, I don't know what I want to do. I just want to play in the pros. So just knowing that like Heavenly Father saw my, was able to understand my dreams and my goals and just to have that chance, that was, that was huge. So, I mean, my parents were super excited once I was getting like that attention. Um, My in-laws also, I mean, knowing Chad, who's been able to make it at the next level and do really well, um, just listening to him and, but yeah, I mean, there was, at the end of the day, it was just Emily and myself just trying to tune out the stuff that we didn't really want to hear and the extra stuff saying, like, encouraging us to go. Because, I mean, once you have a shot to go to the NFL, everyone is like, man, you got to go for it. But um, once we just realized it'd be better to stay, we just kind of had to tune out some of those things and make that decision for ourselves. Yeah, it's tough when uh, guys like Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper are saying Matt Bushman is an NFL tight end, not to be kind of swayed in that direction. But you've mentioned you wanted to hone your craft. So where do you feel like you can get better the most before you do take that NFL step? Um, Some of the things that I realized after this season um, and just during this season, I mean, blocking is always going to be something that I will need to improve at and get better at throughout my who knows how long my career goes for, but that's just something that I, I know I'll need to work on and just staying low, getting more flexible. And um, the other big thing is I felt like I, I'm pretty good at getting open in zone. When a defense is playing zone, I can find the little holes, but I could definitely be more physical when man-to-man defense and guys are pressing me. Um, just my releases and just being more physical at the, at the top of my routes. How'd you feel about your stats? Uh, 47 catches, 688 yards. That's a, a personal best for you in a season, and four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean it was it's cool just to just to see. I mean it's it's fun getting catching the ball and making plays, but I mean I'd say for myself and kind of as a team, we we weren't super happy with the way we finished out the season or just the season in general. We won some cool games, lost some games that we definitely should have won, and. It's just motivating um, just to see we have a tough schedule coming up next next year. We play a lot of really good teams. So, I mean, we just have to get after it, and hopefully we can just work together better as a team and um, have, a, have a great last season for myself and Kyrus and all the other seniors. We found out the 2020 season will open on a Thursday night officially against Utah. So another Thursday night, primetime spectacular in the rivalry format, this time in Salt Lake City. What do you think of playing the Utes again on Thursday night to open the season? I mean, I'm excited whenever, whenever we play them. Um, it's, an exciting, it's an exciting game, and I mean, this will be my last, my last hurrah against them. So we're, uh, we're going to work really hard this offseason to figure out the best way we can compete with them and um, – hopefully beat them this for my last year. You caught passes from three different starting quarterbacks. Describe what that experience was like as you try and create a chemistry with that guy and an understanding and the ball comes out of his hand differently, whatever. Three different dudes, and they're all back uh, going into 2020. Yeah, I mean, during the season, it's definitely hard. Like, preseason, you want to get that chemistry, and then once the season hits, you're like, that chemistry should be made already. Um, 
Even even with like the third stringer, that's not that typical, right? Well, I, or is yeah, it? no, it's that's not typical. So once that happened, like it was definitely hard. I think for our offense and for some receivers, just to, the quarterbacks understand what we're expecting and what we what we want to do and the timing of everything. It's it's tough, but I think our quarterbacks did a good job of making up for that and um, still figuring it out. So going into this season, I mean, I've played with a bunch of different quarterbacks in my career just because of injury. Um, I'm just going to do the best that I can to gain that chemistry with those three guys instead of focusing on one or two guys. Um, yeah, so this offseason is going to be interesting just working with all of them. BYU now senior tight end Matt Bushman with us on so BYU old. Sports Nation. I know, senior, old man senior. Bushman what? in Studio B. What? If you could compare your game and your skill set to a guy in the NFL or maybe someone you want to pattern yourself after, who are you looking at the next level? Um, I mean, there's a few guys that I've watched film, and ideally I'd want to pattern myself after guys like Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. I mean, they're, they're ballers, and they, they know how to get open. They know how to win. So those are guys that I want to become. Um, but also guys like, I mean, Zach Ertz is doing a great job. He's had a great career. Um, Eric Ebron with the Colts. Just guys like them that um, still can get the job done blocking, but are really good receiving tight ends and know how to get open in pretty much any situation. I'm just envisioning you growing your hair out like George Kittle and then saying, can you smell what we're cooking? <laughs> that really would be your personality, that would be a right? personality change. Complete, complete 180. Now, now, riddle me this. In a year from now when we're talking to you and you're training for the NFL, you growing out a beard immediately? Is that a thing? Like, are you growing your hair out in a year? I don't know. I mean, we'll have to make sure my, my beard can fully grow out you know <laughs> I, I have i can grow out like a decent facial hair but some guys come back and it's a full-on beard and i don't think i can do that quite yet so i'll have to rub some of that beard cream on <laughs> throughout this year and see what i can do you didn't mention chad is one of those tight ends by the way is that going to be weird at- well, I was just, oh, man. <laughs> you gotta you gotta mention the current guys. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel it. I just don't want it to be where it's Sunday dinner. You know, You're like, awful. hey, I saw the interview. Uh, what's up with that? Chad has no issue with you wanting to pattern your uh, game after Travis Kelsey. Should, I promise. You that. should say a Tula Mealy every time. That'd be funny. Yeah. Nah, that might be a little too awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, great to have you in Studio B, man. And uh, it, it props to you for making a really tough decision. It's good to have you back. Thank you. I appreciate it. Glad to be back. Okay. Thanks, man. Coming up, which Cougar gets today's rise and shout out for a new career high on the road? Plus, our and one picks specialize for the number one basketball team in all the land. This is BYU Sports Nation. We did well last night. Crushed it. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. And welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you decide to get your podcasts. And the BYU TV and BYU radio apps are free. You, uh, you can download them if you'd like. Let's play and one. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, quick recap of how this works. We make two picks. First one's worth two points. If you get that one right, then you have an opportunity to earn a bonus point, all out of the free throw in a real and one. And if Tony Padilla is officiating, he will tee you up. Twice last night. Technical fouls for BYU. What the heck? Hey, no technical fouls on this show today. Bad mood, man. All right, first pick. I said BYU as a team would shoot 
I, I initially put 39, but I upped it to 40% on the show. Shoot 40% or better from three. Swish! BYU shot 50% from the three-point line, 11 for 22, and that's after starting the game two for seven from distance. TJ Haas will have seven-plus assists. Mm. What I meant to say is Jake Toulson will have seven-plus assists because Jake had seven, TJ had one, so I missed on that one. Jake Toulson, the last two games, has 15 assists and no turnovers. That's amazing. Yes. My two-pointer, BYU by 17-plus. Take that! Anti-17-plus homies. Every time. Don't go superlative. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. So I got the two-pointer. And my N1. Give us some of that! N1! I said Colby Lee would be in double figures. Swish! Little did I know it'd be double-double figures, a right? Career 21. So every time he scored, I'd call out to you. Six more. Four more. Just to there, and then it, after that, it was like, oh. 21. What, what was the dude's name? Jared Rodriguez? He looks like Nick he Wright. He looks like Nick Wright of First Things First on FS1. Every time he got the ball, I said to you, because we sat next to each other, Nick Wright. Nick Wright. It looks Colin, just like the Knicks will never go to the playoffs. That's true. <laughs> yeah, update the scoreboard. 24-23. I'm I maintaining a one-point advantage. Cut into your lead. You had a big lead early, but like basketball, everyone goes on uh, some runs, right? Long season. Oh, yeah. Long yeah. season. It's, it's long. Okay. Uh, our picks now for number one ranked Gonzaga. Oh, boy. When BYU visits the kennel tomorrow night. My first pick. BYU will hold Gonzaga to under 50% shooting. Let me clarify, 49.9% or less. The Zags are shooting on average 50.3% on the season, and they're playing on their home floor. Under 50 is pretty reasonable. Right? But they averaged 50.3, and they just won by 50 points last night, Jerem. They shoot the ball well. They shoot a ton of layups. And my end one is Gonzaga will have 12 turnovers or more. They average 11 on the season. Mm, I like that one better. Okay, my two-pointer. The game will be decided by double digits. Uh, Ken Palm says it's going to be a nine-point game. I don't know what it is in Vegas. I think it's a 10-plus game. And Gonzaga is likely to win this, but uh, when BYU has won, it's always been single digits. So I hope to be wrong in this one. Okay. And what? BYU shoot 15 or more free throws. Only shot 10 last night. BYU averages 13.8. I think BYU gets to the stripe 15-plus times. You think it'll be a physical game inside? I don't know. I just think BYU will. <laughs> it doesn't have to be outside. It can be anywhere on the court. Yeah. Okay. It'll be 90 feet away. Now, uh, if Gonzaga shoots 50% or better, no chance BYU is beating the Zags. Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It, it will. It probably will be a blowout. Like, I, and honestly, my number one goal for BYU outside of winning the game, duh, is to not get blown out. Like, yeah. be respectable. And I believe BYU will be. If they're not, I'll be disappointed because I think this is a good BYU team. Yeah, what has BYU shown us in the past, the duration of the season, to make us think that BYU can't be competitive tomorrow night? They were competitive in the first half with Kansas, not as much in the second half. BYU loses by, what, 15 in that? Uh, 71-56. But still, even a 15-point loss at Gonzaga, does that feel like a blowout? Uh, no, no. What is a blowout? Like, in football, I've defined a blowout as three scores, so 17-plus. That's hence the 17 number. I feel like 17-plus is the same is way in basketball. Blowout well? Yeah, blowout, 17-plus. 16, 17, like around 20 that. 20 or something. Depends on the level of competition, where you're playing. Yeah, and Gonzaga's not even that good, so BYU <laughs> should win this easily. Said no one. What's the realistic goal for BYU basketball at Gonzaga tomorrow night? That is our Twitter question, our social media question, at Latin Rob Answers on Twitter. See, Latin? 
Zags are number one for a reason. I think BYU will rise to the occasion and play solid. It won't be pretty. It'll be scrappy. BYU's <laughs> learned that this year it is keeping them in games and finding ways to win. BYU has not had that for a while. If the Kooks find the three, they will hang around. Now, uh, Gonzaga, an excellent three-point shooting team as well. 38-plus percent. Yeah, it's it's... Offensively, these are two of the top 14 adjusted offensive efficiency teams by Ken Palm. And the Gonzaga's number one in that, number one in scoring offense in the country, by the way. BYU's pretty good, too. And that's the thing. BYU's a top 35 team. They can compete with Gonzaga. Will they win? They'd have to play a pretty good game. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at TNEF underscore three on Instagram. Hold the Zags to 75 points. That's the goal. BYU is mm. capable of outshooting the Zags from the three-point line, and if the game is close with under five minutes to play, anything can happen. I always say, make it weird, baby. Can BYU get it to a situation in Spokane where the nerves start to come in a little bit and there's some anxiety yeah. on that Gonzaga bench? Mm. Only four times has Gonzaga scored 75 or fewer. Uh, Pepperdine, it was 75-70. That game that, got weird. That game was 73-70. Um, and then, yeah, the loss, 64 points, 73-72, lost to Oregon in OT, 72 in a close game against UT Arling, or Texas Arlington. Yeah, UT Arlington. Under 75. So, yeah, I, I like the 75 number. That's good. Okay, today's rise and shout-outs. Jeremy, go first. Uh, mine goes to Paisley Johnson. She was awesome uh, in Stockton, career-high 31 points, got it done. BYU needed that to get the win at Pacific. Steve struggled a little bit uh, with the coaching staff change uh, behind the scenes. Dan Nielsen to Utah Valley and Ashley Garfield, and uh, certainly Shaley Gonzalez injury, ACL injury. Paisley Johnson bringing it in Stockton. Well done. Undefeated on the road in conference play. Okay, my rise and shout-out goes to Mark Pope and Chris Burgess for their work with Colby Lee. And Colby Lee told this to me last night during my post-game walk-off interview. They've done a tremendous job with me. Um, they believe in me every single day. One thing that Coach Pope does is... This guy never says a word. He doesn't say a word on the court in the locker room. Now he's the star. He's talking to everyone. Come on, we got to go. Let's go. I just want to say that I love Coach Pope because... A couple times of practice yesterday, he said he's proud of me. And there's not, a, there's not a, bigger, a better feeling than when a coach tells you that he's proud of you. So, kudos to him. What a night for that's, Colby that's Lee. Awesome. What a that, night that, for that's Colby awesome. That's awesome. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. He went Barney Fife. Yes. It's slash, uh, I don't know. What's his name from It's Sunny? I don't know, Dennis. Uh, I don't know. Sweet D. Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, that's right. <laughs> Our thanks to today's guests, Chris Burgess and Matt Bushman. Sorry to Dennis Pitt in no time, bro. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Josh Sharp. Go Cougs. I, I don't know. I don't know, Jeremy. Big on Dagger. <laughs> <laughs>